Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Mojiella Wodeal. And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast that helps you navigate the post-row hellscape. We dissect all the news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with our guests, the abortion providers and activists working on the ground. Plus, we have amazing comedians to help us laugh through the rage. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your pod fix. Listen and subscribe, because when BS is popping, we pop off. M-S-W Media. Hi, I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela, and welcome to... Oh, yeah, the final word. <laughs> the final word with Frangela. The final word. 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 Sorry, Justin. I was just like do 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 do, moving my microphone around. <laughs> Hello. watching you going, what is Angela doing? I'm moving my microphone's a little far away. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> but we're doing this. Thank you so much. Can I tell you something? I am dazzled and delighted by all of you. Thank you for joining us here on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and at MSW Media. We are so, so grateful. grateful. And this is where you find fine entertainment and information. Speaking of fine entertainment... And information and being incredible. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has been signing up Ooh. to be a Patreon. Oh my goodness. You know, some of everybody gets some videos. Okay, we're gonna get we're gonna get some everybody gonna get some kind of video. Please sign if you haven't signed up yet. Some kind of video gonna go, you're gonna get a lick of something. Do it now because we are <laughs> feeling it. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's so, we are so, so grateful. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast and the work we try to do and keeping us afloat because you really are. You, you really, really are. completely, totally are. Thank you so much. We are, I'm, I'm not kidding. Every bit of my heart stringy love bits are loving you for and thanking you. <laughs> that was beautiful. Love You bits. know what I'm saying. Love my love, love bits. bits. Okay, my love started, bits. It's not, it's not, it's not Now it's not right. Now it's not right. Now it's gone another direction. Stop that. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> mm. Okay. Cameo. Do you know you can have Frangela in your pocket? Oh my goodness. Yes. You can go to cameo.com, put in Frangela, and you can request a special video from us that you get to then play when you want to, you know, when you need it. Maybe a pick me up, mm -hmm. a pep talk. Maybe you could give it as a gift to someone. A happy birthday. And this is why I love you. Please go the fuck to sleep. Whatever. Yes. We are here to bring brightness to your day. Go to cameo.com, put in Frangela. And we want to remind you about the Sexy Liberal Indictment Tour, October 21st here in Los Angeles at the Saban Theater. Do you know that you can go to sexyliberal.com right now and get your pay-per-view ticket? That's right, pay-per-view. You guys, that means you if you can't come to Los Angeles or if you aren't here, you can watch it live. Yes, and it's going to be so many wonderful, wonderful surprises. Get ready. You want to be there, okay? And we want to remind you that we're going to be in San Francisco in January and Chicago in August. Go to sexyliberal.com. Check out the dates. Get your tickets. Get all your information. Yes. Also, just because we've been asked this, in San Francisco, the show is at the Herbst Theater. Yes. H-E-R-B-S-T. 
theater mm-hmm. if you want to go to them directly and not if for some reason you can't go to sexyliberal.com. And the show in Chicago is at the Vic Theater. Yes, yes, yes. You know where else you can meet us, Angela? Where, Francis? Every Friday in the third hour of the Stephanie Miller Show. Oh, my goodness. Would that be the Black Power Hour? It's the Blackest Hour on radio. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Stephanie Miller becomes Stephanie Mills. It's an erotic dance of joy and equity. Mm -hmm. And parody. (laughs) And parody. Yes, yes, yes. And parody. (laughs) Parody and parody. Yes. McCarthy directs three House committees to open Biden impeachment inquiry. Okay, I have to stop here. First of all, an impeachment inquiry <laughs> means you trying to figure out the impeachments. Right. Ask for an impeachment. When, basically where they're starting from without a vote, which is not pre- unprecedented, where McCarthy is starting from is, look, if I don't harass Biden, I will lose my job. So we're going to start with the harassment and look for proof. Yes. Well, somebody said it this morning on television, and I completely uh, agree. They're looking to whitewater this. Yeah, and, and Benghazi. It's a Benghazi and, move. Yes. It's yeah. a let me tie you up, and it, it just looks like there's something must be wrong because they're looking for it. And as they're looking for it, they're trying to find if there's some there there. And yeah. if there's no there there, let's see if we can continue to open the books and try to find some there. Because what we do, this is my problem. What happened to government? You mean, when did it, when did it become um, a theater exercise? When did it become a public show? My question for anybody in the GOP, any Uh Republican is what the fuck are they doing for you? Yep. And if this is what you are using your vote, if for so for real, for real, for real, for real, you're telling me that your vote is meant to do what is happening now. Because you you mean to tell me you don't care about inflation? You mean to tell me you don't care about gas and in the economy? You mean to tell me you don't care about kids' education? You mean to tell me you don't care about, you know, Social Security? Climate disaster. The climate disaster? You mean to tell me you don't care about health care? Look what we're wrapped up in. Not only that you don't care about it, but that you're willing to fund. That's right. A complete theatrical exercise. So Tuesday, McCarthy said he was directing three House committees to open an impeachment inquiry targeting President Biden. The move demanded by far right lawmakers threatening to shut down the government. Also, let's talk. I'm gonna, I want to stop there at, you know, this continuous. We're going to shut down the government. Oh, my We're going to shut it down. They're worse than toddlers. Worse than toddlers, I have to continuously ask Republicans, is this what you're voting for? When you walk into that booth, is this what you're voting for? Yeah. This is the thing. Understand, I just want to say real quick that McCarthy claimed that this impeachment inquiry was the next logical step because they had, quote, uncovered serious, incredible allegations. Allegations, not evidence. No, (laughs) allegations. Not evidence. Allegations. Right. Can I stop? And I'll stop you here. You know where I see what where we see. It's not just me. 
where we can all see where credible allegations get the GOP? Indictments. Thank you. This is a group of people who are willing to go on off. I mean, it doesn't matter how kooky, how crazy, That's right. how conspiracy it is. No proof. They are willing to go down. Yeah, there's no rabbit hole they won't go down. No, because at the end of the day, their agenda is not winning. Their agenda is creating a situation where they don't have to win. Their agenda is the end of democracy and the rule of a white minority. That is their that is their platform. And every time I have to watch all day long and all week long, all the pundits go, it just doesn't make any sense. The Republicans, they can't win with these topics. So, you know, why would they why are they doing it's because that is their agenda. I don't know why it's so hard to believe that when somebody tells you they are a white nationalist, that they are a white nationalist. <laughs> For me, I'm sitting here going, do you remember when the government did things? For the people? Yeah, very recently, in fact, we all got shots, okay? We got money from the pandemic so we could live and survive. They, in fact, had gotten rid of, not gotten rid of, but had significantly for the first time ever reduced child poverty through a program. Yes. When you talk about the programmatic success of the child uh, welfare or the child care tax credit, that one and and the thing is they came out with the numbers the new numbers on child poverty this week and there it's back up to the rate it was at before mm -hmm. that program because they got rid of the program that's because right. joe manchin and the republican party got rid of the program that took half of poor children out of poverty they got rid of it and put them right back in it absolutely absolutely that's what they don't want to spend their time with they are going to spend all of our time and millions and millions of dollars on is trying to just just to throw out allegations without proof at the current president. That's what they're going to spend their time doing, not approving budgets, not making sure that kids get any of the things that you talked about earlier, Francis. They're not going to do that. You know, this is what I want to invite the GOP to do mm. is, you know, um, first of all, you know, the story about the, the cows versus the bison and how they no. deal with storms. OK, no, please tell me, you know, cows. Can both both species, you know, they're in the bovines, they can smell storms coming, okay? Mm -hmm. But they react very differently. Cows will smell the storm coming and get fearful, scared, and they want to run from the storm. They run and run and run away. And so they exhaust themselves running away from the storm. And no matter what, the storm they always catches, the storm. they can't yeah. outrun the storm. The storm catches up with them and then they're exhausted Inside, so a lot of them perish because they're exhausted by the time the heavy stork gets the gets to them. Bison, on the other hand, what they do is they smell the storm coming. They just stand there and wait for the storm. Mm -hmm. And then when the storm comes, they run into the storm because mm -hmm. what they know is there is sunshine, there mm -hmm. is clarity, mm -hmm. there is better weather on the other side and they save all their strength to go through the storm. And mm. let me tell you what I am watching in all of this is two different types of groups. Bovines. Bovines. Both bovines 
really do and i believe that this is down to a cellular level if you are if you really do believe as a republican that this is the way to go to govern for yourself not not the country just mm -hmm. i want you to be selfish is this the best way i want, i really want people to think about it but see, what you're asking people to do would make them confront things and information, i.e. running the storm, and they don't do that. No, they don't. They run away from the storm. They're not interested in that. They run away from that. They run away from information. They run away from truth because they are not about any of the stated things that they say they're about. What they're about is a white ethnostate. <laughs> like, that's it. And I, I, I'm going to keep saying it. Because people can't seem to hear it. Yeah. But there is no other explanation other than believe them. This is their program. Their platform is Trump. Their platform is the tyranny of the minority. That is their platform. It's interesting you say that, Angela, because the next story is Trump privately discussed impeaching Biden with House Republicans. You want to talk about shadow government. It's so insane. You've never heard of a former president interfering in this way. I don't understand why that in and of itself isn't a charge. Thank Who you. do you think you are? He thinks he's the president. Well, he thinks and and they think he's the president and won't relinquish the power. Continue to treat him as if he is the president of these United States right now. That's right on the phone talking with him. Trump has been briefed weekly by Elise Stefanik, a third ranking House Republican on the impeachment strategy, as well as regularly talked with members from the House Freedom Caucus and other Republicans who have pushed for the inquiry. You see, I'm gonna stop right now that this is not what's going on in terms of these indictments and what have you. For them, this is just a pause in his presidency. All they're doing with yeah. all their might, with all their might, is to put that man back into power. That's their only thing they're doing. And I have to tell you, for some of them, I, I think like Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and, and, and others, I think it is an existential fight for them. It's not just supporting of Donald Trump in a white ethno state, although that is the major part of it. I think it's also protect themselves because they're implicated in all these in all of these crimes that he's being charged with and so for them there's a whole their their life and their freedom are also at stake but i just need to stop and say impeachment strategy the way that people throw that around impeachment isn't supposed to be a strategy no the founding owners did not make impeachment as a strategy it's a remedy for a for someone in power who has abused that of power it is not a strategy for a political party to employ the abuse and misuse of our system of government has made it really clear where the cracks and fissures are and how much of this system relied on people's better angels, on people being concerned about um, having some sort of values or at least being credible and not being hypocritical. And it makes me long for the days of the simple sort of like the the undertones of racism and of of uh, you know control because this they just say that i mean we're passing the quiet part out loud 
we're in the, the era of Kevin McCarthy stands up and says, there's no, you know, basically we don't have any evidence of this, but we're going to do it because it's going to, he on Fox news said, the reason we're doing this is because of Benghazi, how successful that was, because we were able to turn a Hillary Clinton enough without anything actually happening, without her being found guilty of anything, by keeping it in the news, by keeping her on the stand, by having that be the top story. What we did is we made people go, well, there's something wrong with her. There just seems to be so much bad stuff associated with her. And we tarnished her just enough to fuck up that vote. And that's what they're, and he said, that's why we're doing this with Biden. He said it. And I, that is amazing. Yep. And that is what you're, if you are a Republican, that is what you're voting for. You're voting. You're, and so to me, every time you vote, you're voting against your interest because yep. you, you are voting for people who have, who want to go and do that and take care of that and not take care of you. I just want people to be selfish. I want you to want people to take care of you. All I right. Tell you, what do I say for instance all the time? I wish greed was a motivator. Green, you can predict and understand. Yeah. This ideology it makes no sense. It makes no, I feel I feel like I'm in a topsy-turvy, upside yeah. down world. You got poor people arguing with you about, about, you know, how their rights are being violated as they stand there with an AK-47 yes. like on the news talking about I've been silenced and I'm my rights and they're trying to take my guns. None of these things are and the economy's worse. None of these things are true, but there they are. You can't combat that. If somebody doesn't want to see it, they ain't going to see it. And let's talk about witch hunt. I am watching the Wicked Witch, Trump, had dinner with Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has introduced articles of impeachment against Biden. When you talk about flying monkeys, okay, that's Thank all you. he has. The entire GOP in the government are his flying monkeys. Yep. And something has to break the spell. Because they're no longer serving the people. They're serving one man. I can tell you what'll break it. Jail. It has to. And the fact that they didn't, they, you know what? They need, she needs to bring indictments against Lindsey Graham I, and the other two Republicans who were out there because otherwise everybody's yeah. going to continue to step out of line. Also, I'm going to bring up one point to the forefront. Notice that there are many people of color, Bonnie Willis, in mm -hmm. New York, in D.C., mm -hmm. who are bringing Trump to task mm -hmm. and Bragg, right, Alvin Bragg, the justices. And I think that that is the extra issue that is at hand because there was a very long time when you were just talking about norms, right? Mm -hmm. There was a very long time ago, uh, not too long ago, where if this had gone down, this would get, get swept under the carpet. They had enough people who would ignore it. Because what I don't believe, I do not believe this is the first time a president has called down and said, fix this. But I believe it is the first time in our life that a president has lost, didn't win re-election and then runs again. That's right. I think in my lifetime, at least it is. Um, and that's, that's, I think that is odd. Yeah. I mean, it's bad, but, but here's the first, it's the first time I believe that these people, they thought that they could do it and they could get it, get away with it. And this is the first time that they are being held to account.
so far they have gotten away with it you they know have gotten away with it you know and that's the reality is i think that people like lindsey graham etc i do believe that those people will be impeached or in charged they will be indicted but we're going to get through the first wave. And I think that once those people are found guilty, because we watch these crimes, this is the thing yes. that, that drives me and I think everyone absolutely insane. We watched these fake electors walk up to these state houses and try to get in. We watch them. They videotaped it. They videotaped it. That's what I'm saying. When they signed documents. They have the documents. These things are not in question. Right. I watched, did you watch today? I watched today because they had a brief little quick, I don't think that they knew that it was going to happen, but they had a brief little hit in Georgia and it was um, Sidney Powell and um, what's his name? Chesbro. Uh, Chesbro's attorneys in the prosecution and the judge McCaffrey and they were doing some housekeeping issues, but Sidney Powell's attorney jumped off and was a bitchy little angry like muppet like he just <laughs> got in his feelings it was juicy to watch because he was like you know your honor they have under brady they have a constitutional you know at the federal level they people understand this and i am concerned the prosecutor is lying and hiding exculpatory evidence from us and we have a right to that evidence and the brady this and blah, blah, blah. and he's just accusatory and repetitive and angry in that level his passion was ire was up and the judge just sitting there patiently everybody's mm -hmm. just watching him and then the prosecutor, the judge says whatever, says something, asks, and the prosecutor goes, "He, they have all that. They have all the documents. The document he's talking about, he has. He has it on a drive that we gave to him, and he had, he got it this morning. He has it. And he goes, yeah, but basically, he then he goes on to complain, but it's in all these nine terabytes of information, and I just want that one document, and you need to just, when I answer that document, you should just, don't fucking secretary. Thank you. You need to send me the one document. He's like, and there is case law on this, Your Honor. And they have a responsibility to send a discreet. We asked for a very specific piece of information. They need to just send that specific piece of information when we ask for it. And the judge was like, well, you know what? First of all, this is not, basically, this is not the time for what you're talking about. And also, this man's talking about a brief that he doesn't actually have. Mm -hmm. He's saying he's going to file this brief, right? And he's like, that brief that, you, that you're talking about, this is not the time for that. What ha They have however many more weeks to give you this information, which it sounds like they've already given you, as they say. Um, but they have two more weeks to give you this information. If at the end of that period of time you don't have it, then you file the brief where you complain that you don't have it. Oh, do I have to teach you how to law? And he's like, and the judge's like, so that's when, you know, just to be clear about when that would happen, and he says, and in terms of discrete evidence and the prosecuting having the prosecution having the responsibility to give you a discrete piece of inf um, evidence, I'm not aware of that case law. So you should include that in your brief. Right. Which means it doesn't exist. That's right. But the idea that you have, and he's literally, he was so insulting. He was like, and they have eight lawyers over there. So one of them must know the law and they must know federally that you have to federally. Judge was like, I'm unaware of that. But yeah, basically what he was saying is do my work for me, mm -hmm. find the document I want, because I don't, I, who asked for the speedy trial, don't have the time. That's right. To go through all these documents. Which is called, you know what? Okay. And here we go. You see, at the end of the day that you asked for a speedy trial because you don't want to pay. Yeah, and also because I think they thought she wouldn't be ready because of their own racism and sexism. Exactly. They thought, oh, we're, we're going to screw with them. They aren't going to be able to present their case. Come on now. That means that, you know what? 
Ch- Ch- Chesboro or Cheeseboro, however you want to have it. Uh, that means I'm gonna call him Cheese Tucky from now. Cheese Tucky, Cheese Tucky, gonna need some more people on that staff. All right, somebody who can do a word search to get the document. I know how to do it, and I'm not a. I, I don't work in the law. Okay? It was really funny to watch because he goes, so he goes off like this, and then, um, chest. Uh, Cheese Tucky's attorney goes, yeah, we didn't get it either, basically. <laughs> like, logs on to the anger, but he's a very low energy, like, he's a different, mm. he's definitely trying to be, like, you know, casual and everything's fine and we want to be helpful. And it's, like, it was just ridiculous watching it, and the judge was, like, so, uh, okay, so are we done? Because we're just talking in circles now. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, like... But that's you, what they're here, that's what they're that there is to the do. Goal. The goal that is, is the to goal. confuse the waters right muddy the waters make issues even if i appear stupid it doesn't matter i'm helping my my client one day one day more one day more the document he says that they that he believes they have he says is the uh fulton county inviting Sidney powell to come and do whatever she did and i'm like okay first of all i really seriously doubt that second of all you I, if francis if i invite you to come rob a bank with me right that doesn't excuse you from robbing the bank it's a crime well you know what again and again and again i heard again this morning someone say on the news saying well you know you know Fonnie willis is gonna have to prove that donald trump didn't know or didn't believe that he lost that election and, and you know and, and they keep saying they keep it saying I'm going to tell you, homegirl who I'm not always a fan of, you know who I'm talking about. She wrote the uh, the biography, autobiography recently, Katie Turr. Not Katie. Is it Katie Turr? Yes, yeah, Katie Turr, I think. She's, her analogy is great for this. When people give you this argument, she goes, okay, this is the problem. You get off a plane and you go to the baggage claim. And you go to pick up a suitcase that you believe is yours. And your wife says, that's not your suitcase, honey. That's your suitcase over there. And you go, but I don't, I don't, I really think this is our suitcase. She goes, no, it's not. And then she produces the baggage tags and she shows that they aren't the same. And you go, yeah, but I still believe that that this is my bag. And then the owner of that bag comes over and produces his baggage claims and shows you that it's their bag. And you go, yeah, but I still believe it's my bag. And then the police come over and go, this isn't your bag. This is your bag. And then the airline comes over and you say, you know what? I'm going to take this bag. And then you walk out with the bag. You've stolen the bag. that's right. It doesn't matter if when they put the cuffs on you, you go, but I really believe this is my bag. You have been told in, by six different people, people you should personally trust and people that this is their job. Yep. That this is not yours. You don't get to claim ignorance because you want to be in denial. Denial is not a defense against criminal indictment. It's never been. And for me, Angela, this is where I start to break down, where I start to go, boop, yeah, because we know somebody who's done time in federal prison That's when they right. knew that she didn't technically know what was going on. That's right. But she still she still That's did right. six, seven years hard time. Hard because time. they were like, you have the responsibility as an adult to know what you're doing. That's right. Period. And, and you know what? And none of us, none of us get to escape that. So for me, w- watching people steadily, steadily, Sit there and present this as an argument for a man in his 70s. Thank you. I'm not having it. And that's why the next story, a federal judge, thank you, finally denied Mark Meadows' request to pause court proceedings in Fulton County while he appeals the ruling. That's right. 
because yeah. you aren't special. And he's he's using the same logic. Mark Meadows is trying to say because the president asked him to do it, he sh- can't be found guilty of it. That's right. That's he's right. Arguing he didn't do it. <laughs> well, it I'm like, what? It's absolutely incredible to me. Grown men saying, you know what? You know what? You know what? The devil made me do it. That's right. It's my boss. And when your boss asks you to do something, I don't care how illegal it is. And I don't care if every bit of your training and your ethics classes and everything told you otherwise, you got to do it because he's your boss. That's right. That's really? right. Really? I mean, you know, they what? haven't let anybody use that. They haven't let Nazis use that. You couldn't be like, oh, it was my or- just following orders. Mm-mm. You have a responsibility not to follow orders that you know are wrong. Yeah, in my head right now, I see Mark Meadows and Trump doing a Devil's Wear Pro- Wears Prada, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. you know, and, and Mark Meadows is just running in, trying to keep his coffee hot, trying mm-hmm. to you know, trying to bring him ketchup, trying to bring him coke. Mark Meadows is Emily. He is Emily. He is Emily. And the reality is, is that yeah, if you, your job as chief of staff is to break the fever. Often it's to throw cold water on the president when he is supposed he's trying to do something that's illegal out of the norms, which really was everything I've never heard of happening a lot. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like it seems like that part of your job shouldn't be like on your daily to do list. Stop my balls from committing high crimes and misdemeanors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, This next this next story is about uh, the Libya flood death toll rising above 5000. And I just also I don't want to lose, you know, Morocco. Right. We are having some of this in Maui. Yeah. Biblical level destruction and events. We're losing people by the thousands. One after the other. And a lot of it of these storms are obviously, you know, they're record breaking storms, but it's really about a lack of money and infrastructure, the amount of death and destruction you're seeing. Now there's a certain amount, you know, there's no infrastructure can't protect you from protect you from mother nature. Right. At all end times necessarily. But the reason when you look at these homes and you look at Morocco's, especially too, the, the structures, we're talking about structures. A lot of them are clay, Mm-hmm. you know, in Morocco. And like, they're just not, they don't have the ability and they don't have earthquakes there. They don't generally. And so, and this, these dams breaking, when you look at, it is absolutely, I can't even get my mind around spending your day pulling bodies out of like thousands yeah, of thousands. bodies out of water. And, and, and that is, and I watched this man talk about how he was on the roof of a building and he was watching the building swept away, being swept away. And he saw there was a, you know, these women and their children on this building standing there. It was like a two story building. And he watched them be whisked, just blown away, just pulled away by the the rushing water and gone, you know, and it's so um, ineffable. It's so tragic that I, it's hard to get your mind around it. So it's just sort of becomes this, like I, but every time I look at it, I am blown away. by the destruction and you know the geopolitical garbage that gets in the way of just taking care of people that's you know and and for me it's like and you know and i don't want to tragedy hop you know but but the weather is forcing me to The, to the earth is mad as fuck okay I'm trying to cuss less, but the, the the earth is mad AF people. 
We'll be right back after these messages. It's no surprise that newsmakers try to manipulate the audience. They want you to believe that they are the one holding the line and they'll use any trick they can to get you there. But don't let them fool you. Get unspun. I'm Amanda Sturgill. I've been a reporter, and today I teach future reporters to cut the spin and think critically about what newsmakers say. My podcast, Unspun, shows you how to know when you're being manipulated by the news. Learn to spot the tricks and how to make up your own mind about what's true. So if you're tired of being fooled by the news, subscribe to Unspun today. Unspun, because you deserve the truth. Welcome back. Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin met at a Russian spaceport. Okay, okay, Francis. Okay. This was the most uncomfortable first date. (laughs) (laughs) Watching these two assholes walk shoulder to shoulder like they understood each other. Like it was, Mm -hmm. and it's all about, all I could think is, you know what we are in this situation, the United States is like the hot ex or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like the person that they both want attention from. But we're over here dealing with McCarthy and Garb. We're not even paying attention. And they're like, look at us. Now we like each other. Now we're together. What are you, what are you going to do about that? Huh? Totally. Big hot United States. And we know that Russia has been low on ammunition. They want ammunition from North Korea. America doesn't want North Korea to give them that. Yeah, but North Korea ain't got shit. I was watching people, Melanie was talking about this. He's like, they got some old ass ammunition, but they really can't do any, they can't help themselves. Putin said his North Korean counterpart was showing great interest in rocket technology. And, And we all know that every rocket that Kim has put in the air has fizzled. But, you know, and 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 that has been my point since, what, 20, since we really started doing this about 20, 20, oh, oh, six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has been, give them enough time. It may not be on the 500th time. Oh, they'll get there. But he'll get there. But this is the thing. Russia's not going to give them no technology. <laughs> They're going to give them any technology. That's not how they operate. Well, I hope so. I hope but so. It's, but it's just, it's just watching this. I'm like, this is not okay. And I look at China and I'm like, look, here's the deal. Y'all, y'all dictators dictate but you ain't going to dictate here. And I think we have got to deal with the Trump situation. We have got to deal with our own people here. The fact that we've got people like Elon Musk, Musk interfering. In the Ukrainian war this against is what I'm American saying. efforts, we have this given billions saying. of dollars for this war effort. And not, I mean, billions from this country. And and Elon Musk went into the, went into the Capitol this week to testify. With along with um, what's his name? Um, what's his name? Zuckerberg, the one he getting divorced. Zuckerberg and the the, the, the Bill Gates. Oh yeah, they all met with the was it the Senate a Senate committee? I forget if it was Senator House committee on AI and the dangers of AI. How about the dangers of your ass in in Starlink and Ukraine right the fuck now? That's right, and going against American efforts and no one, no one, and the fact that. 
No one should that be able to do that. That can't be okay. That, you how can it be like, okay? And that the fact can't that be okay. we have to utilize his Starlink to do our stuff in our government and he gets to open up a laptop and know what's going on? No. Let me explain to you no. how quickly this would be resolved if Elon Musk was black. They would just take it over. That's right. Because let me tell you something. The reason we were someplace, we were giving a talk yesterday at Emerson College. Lovely, lovely, lovely students. Lovely group of students. They were wonderful. Woman walking out. She was like, I was talking about I was from Chicago. Woman walking out. She's like, I'm from the south side of Chicago. I yelled, West Side? And her eyes got big. She looked scared. I actually think she kind of ran. She kind of ran. Like, she kind of <laughs> Like, kinda she caught herself, but she really just started on a run. Like, oh, oh, like that in and of itself. <laughs> just West Side was enough for her to be like, what? Like, oh, hey, oh, I'm not ready for this work. Listen, listen, we we got to come. Let me tell you something. The reason why I'm in, on the west side of Chicago right now and was not born a Southsider is because of eminent domain. It's the government go. coming and taking my grandparents on both sides, my my paternal and maternal grandparents. Put a, was it the freeway? It was the freeway. Yep. That's right. They moved them out. And they relocated them on the west side of Chicago, which is why I say west side right now. Is that's how we got? Because the, when the government wants something, that's right, it'll take it from from black people or Native Americans or poor people. They just come and take it. Okay, you try to tell me how so you can't show probable cause here or whatever you need to show to deal with Elon Musk in the Ukraine situation. To me, why are there? You know. I know that wasn't what we were talking about. No, but, but, but you know what? But now I'm there. I'm I know. On it. I just feel like, you know, when we talk about him, Elon Musk, and he's a white nationalist, he's basically a high-level domestic terrorist, in my opinion, and we're allowing, like, the idea that you can come, this compartmentalization of him, like, okay, we will talk to him as a as a friend and an expert on these days, and then on these days, we're concerned about him. It's like, that's the problem. Yep. The problem is not acknowledging yeah, not everybody's the a straight he is is yeah. the problem. Like <laughs> you have to be consistent. Either he's wrong or he's right. You know, and I'm like the reality is this it's not okay. And I don't know why it's not some form of, you know, treason or acting against the nations. It's something. There's got to be something you call it. Oh, let me tell you something. If he was black, we'd find a reason. Oh, we know. We'd find we would work we would have an inquiry into an inquiry on how we going to deal with that. Yeah, that's a good inquiry. How do we deal with this tech leader operating as a rogue government against our interests while in this country? Yes. Ex-Memphis officers charged with civil rights violations in Tyree Nichols' death. Thank you. You know, uh, there's a lot here. I, a I'm lot. glad that this happened because I think a lot of people have difficulty getting around the fact that these officers are black mm -hmm. and that understanding that the color is blue. That's right. The culture is blue. 
it is not it is not about the actual skin color that's right the actual officer it's because police officers train police officers how to how to behave and act within their culture just like you do when you go get a job when you go work in a company you learn that company's culture you learn that if you're supposed to be going out on fridays leaving your fridays open so that you can go and mishmash with the boss at a bar because that's expected Okay, these people were taught how to do this. They didn't overreact. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not. It has the same eerie, awful, disgusting, evil feel as George Floyd's murder. That they are controlled, and they are even more dastardly. In they know what to say. They're trying to cover their tracks within the killing. That's right. Because by by yelling commands at him that he can't possibly comply with because they're holding him down to protect themselves because it's a culture that's right they're absolutely aware that what they're doing is murder they're absolutely aware that it's wrong and that they will and should get they might get in trouble for it so they're doing the things they can to to try to mitigate that yep that's 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 my malice of forethought like it's it's it is dangerous when renegade comedians feel more capable of exercising the law. Ooh, that is scary. But you know what? But I'm going to say this, and I've said it before, but my mother would say it often. She said, I will put me and my high school education, just my high school education, up against anybody coming out right now. Look, you have to be able to use the information. If you can't put it together or use it, it's just laying there. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because what I am seeing, the failures of Harvard, I am seeing the failures of Yale. I don't care if they graduated. I am yeah. seeing fail the failures of Wharton. You should lose your degree. You really should lose your this degree if you come out with some with some ignorant like that. And, and, and the products that you are producing that are going into and serving in my government, I am yeah. not proud of that. You shouldn't be proud of that no. product that you're producing. That is what I'm saying. The minds that are coming out of our higher institutions are yep. poor minds is what I'm seeing. I mean, you're right. They are, in fact, impoverished minds. Okay. And I don't care what you spent on that degree and what I'm supposed to do in terms of respecting it, but I don't. Hello. All right. That was another soapbox. I'm sorry. CDC recommends everyone older than six months get a a new COVID vaccine. That's you. That's you listening. Okay. You, the CDC recommends. Yeah. We, we have a very low, low (laughs) number of six month and under listeners. We've discovered. That's you. That's you like two, three. They're like two, three. They're like two, three. Okay. That's not, that's not, I had one last year. Please go get this vaccine. Please go get this vaccine. And they, uh, I, they have a government program. If you go, I believe like to places like CVS and Rite Aid, call them up, figure out if, how to get it for free. If you don't have insurance, I really do believe that they should, the government needs to pay for these forever. Yes. Like I, I, you know, like and the flu shot, and the flu shot. It's it's we can you know like it's absolutely necessary. What we learned during COVID is we are sick for no fucking reason. Yep, 
besides besides the common cold, we shouldn't be transmitting this shit. So the government can step in. You can do your part. Everybody that I have seen, I, I may be going to Chicago in October and everybody in Chicago has COVID. Mm. I mean, it's rampant. Right? Really bad. Really and so bad. we can do our part to not spread it. That's right. If you can get the shot, do. And if you can't, you know, obviously we're here for you. Mask up, do what you can to, to wash your hands, do all the things that, you know, try to stay away from enclosed spaces and people. And let's try to take care of each other better than we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. FDA advisory panel says popular decongestant doesn't work. I put this in here for Angela. I take, a, many of you may be aware, I have a very bad allergy situation and it's not medically controllable. And so there are times when I have to inundate my body with Benadryls. Mm -hmm. I know all about the Benadryls. <laughs> what I can tell you is it's never been a good decongestant, so this doesn't entirely shock me. But Mucinex, that's their whole, that's their whole jam. I know, and it's like, they said it doesn't work at all. Not it kind of doesn't work, not it doesn't work as well as they say. It doesn't work at all, and they have to pull it out of the drug. Like, ooh. Yeah. That's huge. I believe, is this a recall because of that? Yes. It says, uh, it will be unavailable until their manufacturers can come up with new formulas. That's that's deep, y'all. Because these mm -hmm. things have been under on the market for a long time like this, and they don't work at all. I have to question the timeliness of these reviews at this moment. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm not judging yet. Right. I'm just saying perhaps we need to um, hire more people or give the FDA the tools it needs so that we can get this information before, say, 40, 60 years pass. I'm just- It sounds good. That sounds good. I like that. I like it's that. It's a compromise. Uh, next up, inflation accelerated for a second consecutive month, the fastest pace in more than a year. And this is my issue. I feel like the stories are in between <laughs> inflation or- deadly dastardly economy you know yeah. what i mean yeah inflation is a problem but the economy actually is not getting worse it's not you know um but inflation inflation has gotten better had gotten better and now it's it's but it's still better than it was and it's still better than it is in most in a lot of places in the world in the world and that is our like individualistic take is is that this is only happening to me yeah it's, it's happening to problem. me it's like it's just affecting me and my money and my th no this is a worldwide issue it's it is a, it is a lot too because this is the, when i look at grocery bills right the reality is we're not eating more no you know and in fact we're pretty care we pretty are pretty consistent in our grocery buying so that we can track. And the fact is that, that you know, when you have the price of eggs that is fluctuating as, in as much, it's gone from $11 That's to right. four to eight to five. Like these are big jumps, yes. you know, and, and for sta staples, I'm not even talking about like Cheez-Its, which right. are a staple in this house, but like you, you know, just milk, bread, you know, Your cheese, staples. eggs, yeah. you know, meat. Those things, the price on them, you know, chicken was crazy. It came down and now it's kind of, it's creeping back Bacon. up. Bacon. 
was bacon crazy. Is, oh, bacon had gotten down to eight dollars. Now it's back up to eleven, twelve, thirteen. Right. Well, and here's the thing. I am. I you know. I when I when I spend, I have a spending plan. I look at my grocery bill. I order my groceries so I can, and I write down everything that I spend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what I can tell you is I know exactly how much I'm spending every week, but I can tell you that inflation is up because I can tell by the fucking bags that get delivered. Yeah. I can tell that it's down $150. Didn't, didn't, buy take, you the same thing. didn't buy me the same amount of grocery. No, dude, don't even try to get nothing like, you know, soap. Oh, that's a whole nother. Let me tell you something. That's now in personal care. It that is not be. in groceries because I can't eat that. And let me tell you something. And I, this is where I'm a little bit of a dictator. Don't tell my partner, but this is the thing. So we were like, we'll have one kind of soap that everybody use, which mm. means it's the soap I use. Right. We're going to have one type of lotion, which means it's a lotion I use. Right, 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 right. That's the same thing. Everybody uses my products. Right, That's because right. I'm like, no, we ain't going to your nasty soap. No, fill oh me, God, fill no. me soap. Well, you know what? Oh, you wish in my house, you know, we would be de- living and and being in the most luxurious. Oh, oh! I, you don't have to talk about rose rose petal water, Tom <laughs> Green. No, you do not. With a light misting of some argan mixed with a little tea tree, his own mixture, a little bergamot. You know, he's he's you know he likes to. Right now, right now, it's hinoki oil. Oh, hinoki oil. Oh, yes, which is cedar. Come on. <laughs> it's 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 hinoki oil mixed. He's with grape seed. the bougiest. <laughs> no, I don't even know what that is. Pinocchio. I've never even heard of it. It's wonderful. We all use of it. Of course it is. Of course you all do, but it's him. Yes, and I know it. it. And I can see Tom, if, if Tom's in charge of week, he's like, well, that is a necessity. Abby, do you really need books? <laughs> do you need You've glasses? Read so many already. Do you really need to read more? Because totally. I need Pinocchio oil and I would really love to try this new facial. You know, my pores. <laughs> <laughs> Mitt Romney will not seek re-election, saying okay. it's time for a new generation of leaders beyond Trump and Biden. I'm going to start with a compliment. Mitt Romney is 76. He said if he ran again, because he's his term is up in 25, mm-hmm. that he'd be in his mid-80s. And I, Romney looked good, okay? Mm-hmm. He looked good for his age. Yep. Something is up. And I think it was, I forget who said it, but they're like, something must be to this milk diet because... <laughs> They're like, he looks good. It was somebody at MSNBC who said it. It was hilarious. Yeah. It, I think it um, was Tim, what's his name, with the dark hair. Right, right, right. Um, he's, uh, he wears the pearls. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, but I, you know, and I, this, this biography came out about Mitt Romney, where apparently the person had access to his journals and to all this ex- incredibly, you know, revealing information. I cannot see myself reading it, although there's a part of me that wants to know what's in it. Mm-hmm. Because Mitt Romney is sort of annoying to me. Well, you <laughs> know what? But here's the thing: he's he's the only one of the those only... people who, who knew that. Who knew? And I mean, I called him Reek after that picture with Trump, him sitting at dinner. Well, he it was very reekish. It was very reek. But who knew that he would become a statesman that we respect? 
Well, see, you can't even quite say it because the problem is, and I don't know if this happens to you, girl. Every time my tongue, my tongue started going. Because every time I feel myself on the verge of respect, I see a dog in a crate on the roof of a car. And I can't, and a car that's in an elevator in your home. Mm. And I have a hard time getting there. And it's not just those things, but I look at I look at the situation and I'm like the reality here is it is there's just I think that he I he, I don't know all of his reasons and I'm I'm sure that I don't doubt that that is a reason that he's it's time for him to retire you know yeah. he's been in public service for however long and he's ready to go it's also you know it's just not fun anymore yeah well here's it's my just question dangerous and crazy here's my question should you be allowed to be in office past the age of seventy two. Yes. Which is our legal, which is our legal retirement age in this country. I believe if people want to vote for you, they should be able to vote for you. I'm not even really in favor. And I, I, I understand the arguments, but I'm not in favor of term limits for this reason. I'm in turn. I'm in favor of it. I know a lot of people are. And I, and I get it. I, I don't fight against it because mm-hmm. I do, I do think it's a good argument and I'm not, you know, but for me, I really do believe if, you know, People should be able to vote who they want to vote for. What I what I object to is the disenfranchisement of a lot of our population and, you know, the lack of fairness doctrine and the lack mm-hmm. of, you know, and the money in politics, those things. But um, I don't think that your age should disqualify you. I think about people like Thurgood Marshall and I think about, you know. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And these are people who, uh, if we start implementing rules like that at some of their most productive and I- important and influential work wouldn't have happened because they were simply over an age. Right. Not well, everybody know, me, has the same development or at, capacity. At the same, yeah. And, and there are people, quite frankly, if we had a capacity test, Trump wouldn't have been able to run. Well, he, this is what I'm, this is my point. I don't think that past 72, Mm-hmm. You should be, I think you should have to take some type of capacity test because I would argue that you have to take it no matter what age you are. I'll I'll take that too. Yeah. I'll take I, that. I think that your capacity is not age-based and that could quite literally you have Trump. For me, when I think of Trump, the first thing that comes to mind is him looking up at the eclipse. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm sitting here going, I'm looking at McConnell. And we can't sweep him or Diane off the stage. No. Well, the Republicans have set up a situation where if we do, they're not going to let those posts be refilled. That's and right. then we're not going to get anything done. So there's that. But absolutely. And, and but I think it's, no, it is ageist. And I believe in, in age discrimination to just make an arbitrary. I don't have a problem with because of um, there's scientific evidence that you have vision, vision changes at different points in your life. And, and frankly, given the way people drive, especially here in Los Angeles, we could deal with more often testing, period, (laughs) you know, as much as I hate it. Uh, But it would keep us all safer. But the reality is, I think that that being, you know, I look at even Mitt Romney and he wouldn't be in office now with that. Yeah. You know, if 72, you couldn't be there. And quite frankly, he has been the one person who voted for impeachment on that side. The one person who, you know, so, you know what, for me, I think this is what I, I, I do believe. I believe, in, and it's not so much as age, but I believe in term limits. I believe that power shouldn't be flowing through someone's hands for more than, you know, 12 to 15 years, you know, because then we set up these fiefdoms, these, um, these little whirlpools of power. And... This is not ownership. Mitch McConnell doesn't own the fucking Senate. That we can change with legislation. 
he like he absolutely shouldn't be allowed neither nobody should be all of our legislation shouldn't be held up by one person ever this is a government that's supposed that can only work with cooperation i'm watching that's it with tupperville yeah. i'm watching it with i'm watching it mccarthy. with mccarthy oh, yeah. i'm watching with one person yeah, the republicans are obstructionists yes Watching it, watching it. Term limits. Get these fuckers well, out. Well, I would say full enfranchisement and full voter access and education and, and make voting as easy as possible. Make it mandatory. Yeah, I'll take that you know, too. You like, know, like all these things can happen. Like I said, I'm not, I wouldn't fight against, you know, term limits because I, especially given our current situation. Um, but I, I do hesitate to just say across the board, you can't even run, Yeah, you know, if and, you're and, over a certain age. And this is my problem. And I think that this is the me getting down to the inner core of it, the granular of it, which is the power should be in the position, not in the person. Well, absolutely. That's that is the problem. That is one of the major problems we have is that people think that they're pledging allegiance to Kevin McCarthy. And that's not who their oath was to. That's right. And until we get clean in our relationships and our boundaries mm, mm, in these relationships mm. and understanding our roles. Thank you. For me, what I need as a stopgap is term lim- limits. Because, I what you're saying. because what I'm seeing is I'm watching power really, really just destruct a bunch of people. Oh, it is. Look, forget this. I'm cons- I'm always concerned about remedies that deal with just the the problem of today mm-hmm. because they get applied to the problem of tomorrow then and the thing is the problem of tomorrow may need a different remedy. I got that. And I you know what I'm saying like so it's like it it gets to this place of you know where the structural problems that we have we I think everybody who's listening to this podcast right now could easily name five things that need to change. You know, well um, write us and tell us what, what should change. Yes. Write us at frangela08 at gmail.com. That's right. What you think needs to be changed in our system, the con- whether it's the constitution or how the, the branches of government relate or what rules we have in place and don't have in place, the things that we've come to realize were just sort of tradition mm-hmm. and they weren't actually mandated. I'd love, we'd love to read it. Go to frangela08 at gmail.com. Let us know. And that will be our final word. And now it's time for emails, emails. Time to go get your emails. Thank you for writing us. And people write us at page, at Patreon through Patreon too, and we are so grateful to hear from you. In fact, this first message is from Patreon. This is from William B. He said, hello, ladies. I wanted to humbly submit a suggestion for a selfie acronym for Idiot of the Week. And he said for Idiot episode uh, August the 23rd in particular. Self-executed lacking fundamental intelligence event. <gasps> I love that. That's very good. Self-executed, lacking fundamental intelligence event. I love it. Thanks for all the laughs. Bill B. in Hampton, VA. So, yeah, because you know what, Bill? This is the deal. We're watching so many people take these selfies and and get hurt. God, gored. Gored. Fall into a a horrible crevice. Child gets scalped by a lion. People getting stampeded by elephants. Ooh. Sometimes we just need to use our imagination, y'all. All right. And then this is from Sandy W. She says, I want to thank you for such a clear understanding of what the strike is about. As a person who has zero clue on what all is at stake, 
you made it clear and easy to understand. If there's more for us to know, please keep it coming, Sandy. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. And now it's time for Resistance Wrap. I want to thank you for being involved in the resistance and for making change. You know, we heard about this organization and we thought that people might want to check it out. It's called girlsgoingglobal.org. Mm-hmm. Girlsgoingglobal.org. And what they are, it's really amazing. They're trying to create global leadership and civil engagement experiences. Girls will be better prepared. If they have these, they'll be better prepared to create change in their communities in the world. So Girls Going Global is a pipeline program to getting girls, particularly girls of color, to get to go do experiences abroad, to go travel. Yes, which is which is really amazing. I was on their website today and, you know, you know, I've been reading this book and it's been talking about the imagination gap. And the first gap that we need to close is an experiential gap. That's right? right. And so understanding and becoming part of the global family is knowing that there's a globe out there and there are other people and cultures doing other things and other thoughts that aren't just the ones in my neighborhood. Right. And and I think more and more we've seen it with young people in colleges and universities, especially that, that this, this this just total abandonment of, first of all, liberal arts, but of anything that doesn't come with a job at the end of it, sort of at least theoretically, and, and, and not more study. And so because of that, things like Peace Corps service and foreign service, these are pl- programs that don't get a lot of people from different economic and ethnic mm-hmm. backgrounds, and, and they really do need it. And so this organization, this woman began addresses that it's a really cool group we'd love you to check it out and see different ways that you could be involved um and different ways you could be helpful and just to learn that like something like i forget what it is but it's something under five percent of people of color participate in these abroad programs Mm -hmm. so it's 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 really it's it's cool so check out i'm francis callier i'm angela v shelton we are frangela thank you so much for listening to the final word It's no surprise that newsmakers try to manipulate the audience. They want you to believe that they are the one holding the line and they'll use any trick they can to get you there. But don't let them fool you. Get unspun. I'm Amanda Sturgill. I've been a reporter, and today I teach future reporters to cut the spin and think critically about what newsmakers say. My podcast, Unspun, shows you how to know when you're being manipulated by the news. Learn to spot the tricks and how to make up your own mind about what's true. So if you're tired of being fooled by the news, subscribe to Unspun today. Unspun, because you deserve the truth.